Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Happy Monday and welcome to Talking Giants. We got another player profile preview for you. I'm Bobby Skinner, your host. You're going to be with us for a little while, hosting. Uh, we're going to be hosting you. You guys are guests into our house. I'm here with Danny King, coming to you from New York. Danny, you're back from the islands, back from international waters. Did you commit any crimes on international waters? If you did, just kind of give me a wink. How are you doing? Uh, I will not say I plead the fifth in this statement, but no, you know, it feels good to finally be back on dry land and not look out and see countless miles of oceans in front of me, you know, just looking out in the middle of the night, you see nothing. It's like, man, that's, that's just creepy, but I'm doing good. Got off the boat with all those Eagles fans. We talked about that. Cruise ships have gone trashy, especially with all those fans on it, but Hey, it's Monday preseason football on Thursday. What, what is it there to like about this week? It's game week, baby. Like, I, I really didn't hit me until you said that. So today we got two Big Ten players, and we got Saquon Barkley out of the University of Penn State. Some call it Penn State University. Either way, it's all right. And we got Ryan Connolly, but we're going to start off with Saquon because obviously he's Saquon. And this is actually a harder one to do because everyone knows everything about Saquon. And it's like, well, what do we expect out of him? To be really good. Like, <laughs> But I guess we'll talk yeah. about how, you know, you know, we'll just kind of go through it. You know, he's 5'11", 233. You know, last year, his rookie season, rookie of the year, 261 yard, or 261 carries, 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns uh, on the ground game, 5 yards per carry, uh, had, a you know, 91 catches, which is just insane for a running back, let alone a rookie, for 700-plus you know, yards and another four touchdowns in the air. And this guy's going to be huge with the loss of Odell, Odell and with Tate being suspended those first four games, um, there's going to be a lot to go on Saquon Barkley. I think a lot of people expect him to be run into the ground. I don't see that happening. I mean, he was uh, fifth in the NFL last year, if I remember correctly, for carries. And I don't think they're going to overwork him, Danny. But if they do overwork him, I think it should be in those first four games without Golden Tate. But, I mean, where is you as a whole with, with Barkley going into this season? Well, no, as you said, uh, this offense, it's going to be a lot of Saquon. I, I said this after Odell left. I was like, this is his offense now. It's going to be built around him. Obviously, he's not going to be, as you said, he's not going to be running. He's not going to be having, I don't know, an insane amount of carries every game. He's going to get the breaks. 
but he's going to be a focal point of this offense, and especially in now in the first four games, as you said, we're going to be missing a lot of wide receivers. You got Golden Tate, who will suspension will probably be upheld. If it's not, then that's just shocking. You know, oh, our Corey... luck, Danny. We'll finish this episode and then they'll come back with a verdict on it. I, well, I mean, I would love to. Hopefully, it's a it's a good verdict. But I think that's schedule. We're getting off topic, but that's scheduled or at least it was supposed to be sometime this week. We'll find out about that. But with Sterling Shepard's injury, who, which doesn't seem serious, maybe the Giants, I mean, Eli doesn't seem to care. He's still throwing him the football no matter what. But so, yeah, I agree. He, he's not going to be run into the ground, but he's going to have a ton of carries some games, and he's going to be huge for us this year. Last season, he was a big for us already, but it's, his role is only even going to increase in his second year with all his talent now. Yeah, it's like I said, it's hard to talk about him because he's just so good. I mean, last year the offensive line was just bad. It was just really horrible. And, um, you know, with the addition of Zeitler, hopefully Jalapio can stay healthy. You know, Solder's another year in the system. And then the addition of Mike Remmers over, you know, Chad Wheeler and Eric Flowers, who, you know, could possibly have been the two worst right tackles in the league last year. It's just going to get better for him. It's going to be unbelievable. And and say, well, oh, well, you know, they're going to stack boxes against him, which – I could see being a possibility because we don't have that burner unless you're going to put Slayton out there um, for a good majority of snaps. But he kind of faced stacked boxes already. Teams did stack the boxes against us. I mean, look at those, you know, those last four games without Odell. You know, they had a lot of times the safety was down, eight guys in the box. And he's still able to make his plays, one, because he's just an athletic freak. His jukes are some of the nastiest in the world where he gets into like that little squat spot. And like does like a, you know, like almost like a sumo wrestler, like one, two, three, go. Like it's really like unbelievable to watch that in games and him to do that to NFL players. But and but his vision and his his brain is amazing. Like he always knows when's the right play to do. He knows when, you know, he's not a guy who's constantly trying to bounce a play outside. He knows when to do that and he knows when not to. And he's becoming a leader on this team vocally um, now that there's, you know, been some changes in personnel. I mean, I, I expect a huge year out of him. And if there's any if, – if we're going to be in the playoffs, it's going to be a lot on Saquon Barkley. And I could see him being the first running back to win – you know, first non-quarterback to win an MVP beside, you know, since Adrian Peterson. I mean, and when you watch their thing – like, watch both those guys in the hole, they just do amazing things. And it's just – I can't wait to see what happens with, one, you know, the new O-line. And then when you put Jones in there to have the threat of that read option that takes the defender out of the play – there's going to, it's just, this guy's going to be amazing. If he can, you know, hold up health wise, it's just going to be an amazing career and hopefully an amazing year. No, yeah, that's something, at least some, this is something I noticed through the first few games of the season. Saquon, he really, he tried to do the fancy stuff sometimes once too many times and it sometimes costs the team some yardage. But then more towards like the middle of the season, he decided to be like, all right, sometimes now I'm just going to run north south. I'm just going to go right up the middle, nothing, none of this fancy stuff. And it improved that. And then he can then do the bouncing outside plays, do his crazy stuff that made Saquon Barkley Saquon Barkley. I was at the Chicago game. It was that final, uh, I don't know, maybe 15 seconds or, or 30 seconds. It was a third and 21. The Giants is just going to be a handoff to get, get rid of better position to punt it and he somehow gets a first down after like running one way cuts back the other way and then gets the first down so I agree with you if the Giants make the playoffs it's going to be a lot on Saquon Barkley because he's just such a dynamic playmaker and it's someone that you got to prepare for every Sunday and sometimes it's hard to prepare for him because he could do so much he can help the Giants out in the passing game if they need him to in the run game he's just such a talent that yes would have drafted a quarterback been the more logical choice in 2018 yes of course 
But when you look at it, the plan came full circle. The Giants got arguably not the best quarterback in this year's draft, but one of the top quarterbacks in this year's draft. They got Saquon Barkley, the best running back. If I don't know how long, I can't think of a proper. He might be the best running back prospect of all time. Now, not saying he's the best of all time, but he might be the best running back prospect of all time. Yeah, he's not the greatest of all time yet, but he is one of the best running back the league has seen in years. So. Once Daniel Jones finally gets in, I agree with you. His it's going to be even amazing, more even more fun to watch him because then you have the read option. But I feel like the Giants are going to really utilize that run pass option this year with a very capable offensive line now in front of Eli and Saquon that could become an, a threat now. So it, it's just going to be really interesting to see how the Giants use him without Odell, with his role only to be expanded this year. Yeah, let's talk about him in the receiving game. Last year, he you know had the 121 targets. Uh, 91 catches, 721 yards, uh, four touchdowns. So his catch per target rate, which is 75%, which is, you know, top of the league. But I, I don't look at catch per target rate with running backs too much because a lot of times, you know, they're supposed to be high. But he had 121 targets and was tw- had a 21% target rate, which is like that's what your number two receiver is getting and that when you have a good number two receiver. But at the same time, a lot of this stuff was dump downs. We saw it with Eli being passive. A lot of dump downs, I mean, especially in that Dallas game where I think he had like 14 or 16 catches, just an unbelievable amount of catches, and and none of them were like big plays or anything. Now, I want to see them use him. At, I, I don't even know what the term – I guess you would call it a wing back where, you know, you it's whether it's four wide or five, I guess five wide, and you pit him like right on the tackle on the tackle's uh, outside, outside ass, and – let him, you know, run some flat routes and run some combination routes with the receiver because that's how that's how he's going to help our receivers, not by catching checkdowns, but by running route combinations with those guys where they got to make sure they cover him on the outside when he's running to the outside. And then that leads, you know, a Latimer or a Shep or a Tate, you know, for a slant or, or a skinny post or or whatever it is. I really think they should utilize him more in the pass game as a receiver and not a back coming out of the field. No, that Dallas that that Dallas game definitely inflated his stats because Eli did not feel comfortable behind that offensive line, and really his only safe option was checking it down to Saquon. But so, something I also feel like, if you remember last year, there was that um those plays they ran. It was two of them, but two of them were with Odell when they threw Odell the ball behind the back and he threw the football down for the touchdown. And I feel like that's something they could utilize him in this year because if um, they posted a little video, but Saquon has a very accurate arm. I'm not sure how deep he could throw the football, but that's another way they can use Saquon to replace that Odell, that trickery play, because those two plays really helped the Giants momentum and gave them the confidence to get something done. But no, yeah, back to that Dallas game. Yeah, it was mainly because Eli did not feel confident behind that offensive line to get the job done. And Saquon, that really helped him inflate his stats, but still, he had an impressive rookie year. I believe he, what was it? Uh, Odell, he caught 91 passes in his rookie year in 2014 at Saquon, broke that. So Saquon, he's going to be a record breaker. I'm not sure how, how much it could improve this year because he was already so good last year. If he can improve even more, then that's just amazing. That's even more impressive than a guy could get. So it's just going to be so fun to watch him this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he averaged five yards per carry, which is top of the league. And behind a bad offensive line, like I, it's hard to imagine him with him with a good offensive line. It's just, I think it's going to be we're going to see some really special stuff out of him. But you know, in the receiving game now, he averaged seven point nine yards per catch, and I kind of compared that to other backs. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's last season with the Steelers, where he had eighty five catches, he averaged seven point seven. 
So a little better, but kind of on par with that. Alvin Kamara averaged 8.8 yards per catch, but Kamara wasn't a workhorse back, and that's kind of how they used him. Zeke was at 7.4, so a half a yard over Zeke, who is used in the receiving game a lot. Gurley, Gurley's I was surprised by how much yards he gets receiving. He had averaged 9.8 yards per catch. And in 2017, he averaged 12.3, which is just unreal. But, yeah, I'd like to see that number maybe go up a yard or two and maybe the reception number go down a little bit if that makes any sense just use him in the passing game more efficiently instead of you know giving him all these dump downs i mean the dump downs are there when you need them but i'd like to see less of those and more of like actual routes being ran by saquon no yeah and that's something else i feel like as you said the giants have a very much approved offensive line before they really couldn't get the screenplay going because on the right side you got eric flowers who can't do anything right and then you got but and patrick amai now mike grammar is nothing impressive but then you got kevin zeiler next to him Mike Grimmers, who can get the job done, and John Jalapio. Those guys can get out there and cause a big block for Saquon to expand even the screen pass game. But no, the dump-offs, they're going to be there every once in a while because that that's a safety net. But as long as it's not overused like it was in that Dallas game, and we can use him as like a true receiver and get him some pretty deep passes, then that's it's hard to—I can't think of the word for it right there, but that just expands his offense even more because if he becomes that much more of a threat, if you could pass him the ball and run him the ball, become that dynamic of a running back and make it even better than last year, that just helps his team out immensely, and it just opens up guys like uh, Evan Ingram, Cody Latimer, having those options now because they even now he had to prepare for Saquon in the passing game. Yeah, and I think you know him paired with Evan Ingram will be— the reasons these wide receivers can have success. I really do. Um, and like, you know, something kind of a little off script play action. You know, I've been watching, you know, some of the offensive plays from last year. Now the O-line was horrible, but whenever we ran play action, Eli had all the time in the world to throw. And that's when big plays happen. Um, so, you know, now we have play, you can run play action with a good O-line in front of him. I think we're going to see a lot of big plays, especially if they are stacking like guys in the box, please do stack guys in the box. Because that's where our big players are going to come from. When they put eight guys in the box and we run some, you know, the stretch play action, and then you have, you know, guys, you know, like Shep going for a deep post or whatever it is, um, it, it could be really special, man. And like, and we, you know, we talked about, you know, is was it the right choice in the draft? I guess, you know, and I, I, I don't mind people saying it was the wrong choice because you know you got to get the quarterback. But at the end of the day, whether you, you know, agree that it was luck or whatnot. We got our QB and Jones, and I'm I'm just as happy with him as if we would have got Sam Darnold. So now we have this generational talent, and we have our franchise QB in, who me and you both you know believe pretty strongly in Danny, and it could be a really special time. And we got these guys on rookie deals for the next four years. So we got Jones and Saquon both on rookie deals for the next four years, and all this cap space going forward. If the Giants' defense can figure this out quickly, I mean. We, we'll be right back in the playoffs, and it'll be a lot to do with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the thing I said in the beginning. Uh, the p- argument that the Giants should have drafted quarterback in 2018, yes, it's there, but you can't keep bringing that up now, especially with da- the f- future franchise, hopefully, on this team at Daniel Jones. That argument, while it's still valid, it doesn't have as much traction to anymore when Daniel Jones is sitting right there. But I'm with you. I feel like this offense can't compete at a high NFL level. We just The biggest question right now is this defense because it's such a young group of guys. The corners, extremely young. Linebackers, it's basically quite young because uh, Alec Ogletree is 
the oldest on that group. Then you got Tay Davis, Ryan Connolly, B.J. Goodson. I, I don't know his exact age, but he's not very much up there in age either. That defensive line, who's really on that line? Yeah, you got B.J. Hill, Dalvin Thompson, but Marcus Golden, unless it's like 2017 Marcus Golden then or 2016, whatever year it was, then he's not going to be that good. Also, Pierre, Dexter Lawrence, still so many. This defense is a very young group, and they're going to go through their growing pains. But if they can adjust quickly, because this is a very easy schedule, at least on paper, we don't know how all these teams are going to be. But based off last year, the schedule is quite easy. It's, it's nothing hard. The Giants can easily dominate the schedule and get back into the postseason and have a magical run. But I'm with you. Uh, D- Saquon is only in year two of his four-year deal, but with the fifth-year option to add-on. If Jones comes in next year, which is hopefully a plan, but who knows what they're going to do with Eli, possible extensions. If Jones gets in next year, then he's going to benefit tremendously from all these guys having the experience, a capable offensive line. Saquon Barkley, who is, as you said, grown into a true leader of this offense. He's basically the vocal leader now. So the plan's coming together. While it's still quite blurry what Dave Gettleman and Shermer's plan is, you you could see it started to develop, and that's why, while my faith in them after the Odell trade very much went down, because I'm like, I don't get what we're doing, the closer, farther away we get, the more clear their plan gets for me, and that's why I'm excited that these guys right now are in charge of us, because I feel like they can do, be the guys to get it done. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting year for Saquon Barkley in this office as a whole. But let's take a quick break, and then we'll get on to Ryan Connolly. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, these player profile previews are brought to you by our presenting company, media company, John Boy Media. Check our website out, johnboymedia.com. We have all kinds of podcasts. We have the number one Yankees podcast in the world. It hit number two in all of sports. It was part of my take, Talking Yanks. And then our Talking Baseball, where the same guys, John Boy and Jake, do a baseball podcast. That hit number four. So check all that stuff out. We have a Knicks podcast. We have all, a history podcast. All kinds of stuff. So make sure you check it out. It's all at johnboymedia.com. Or you follow it on Twitter, Instagram, at johnboymedia. And then now, the next player. Some of these guys got to get their head out of their ass around here. All right, Ryan Connolly, fourth-round pick out of Wisconsin. If this team has a Gruden grinder, this guy is it, man. He's a playmaker on the defense. And he's coming in at six two, 242 pounds to play middle linebacker uh, out of Wisconsin. And I just like this guy because he's not going to, like, blow you away. And, like, you're not going to look at him and be like, wow, this guy is just a beast, a dominant. He's going to be a playmaker on the field. He doesn't have, like, that presence that a Dexter Lawrence or – or even like a DeAndre Baker has, but he's just kind of a playmaker. And with the middle linebacker spot, athleticism and and all that's important, which he does have, but more so it's instincts. And I really think that's the strength of Ryan Connolly's game. So before we get into it, I mean, what's your overall view of Connolly? No, Ryan Connolly, he's not a world beater. He's not going to be a dominant force dead linebacker this year or probably even next year. He's just a quality guy, a good depth piece. He's got to make his name probably on the beginning on special teams, but preseason is going to be huge for him because we're finally going to get a look at, well, obviously for all these guys, but still, you're going to get a look and see what Ryan Connolly finally brings because when we drafted Ryan Connolly, when they heard his name, I just sat there. I was like, oh, okay, who, who, who is Ryan Connolly? That do us some research on him. I was like, all right, I, I could see the future this guy has. 
has because as we talked about BJ. Oh, whoopsie, sorry about that. BJ Goods' contract expiring next year. He uh, he's gonna need to be groomed up to be the guy to replace BJ Goodson because I think as much as I'm a fan of BJ Goodson, you said it, and I'm. I see them bringing him back. He sometimes had what, what was it, 2017 or 2016? He missed a majority of the season due to an injury. So, as much as I like BJ Goodson, uh, if the Giants start to go downhill, or even if they're good, uh, Ryan Collins is going to see meaningful snaps by season's end, maybe more toward after the bye week, not before the bye week, and not right after the bye week. It'll be maybe a few weeks after the bye week, but he'll see some meaningful snaps by season's end. And that's the thing with middle linebackers is like, you know, a lot of people are like, let's get Connolly on the field. And they have actually been trying him out a little bit first. They've let him spell Ogletree with first-team reps. I don't know how well that went, but just the fact that they're like, all right, let's let Connolly get some first-team reps over Ogletree and see what happens. Obviously, he's not going to start over Ogletree, but that's just – that's encouraging that they're like, all right, let's give this guy a shot against Eli and, and the first-string O-line and the tight ends. Um, but, yeah, it's with linebackers, they get on the field. Like, last year we had, like, seven or eight middle linebackers – all gets like important playing time. Nate Stupar. Um, what was the one guy? Uh, I can't even remember who he was. I think he was number 48. I was like, who's this guy out here? Um, anyways, so he will get playing time eventually. But uh, so let's look at his Wisconsin career a little bit. Uh, in 2017, his junior season, he had 88 tackles, uh, 11 tackles for a loss, three sacks and a pick. Um, and then last year and two less games, he had 89 tackles, 10 tackles for a loss, three sacks and no picks. Basically, and we talked about this on our, our post-draft shows, he just every, you know, here and there, he just has these plays where he knows what's going to happen. And he, like, just kind of ducks his head. And I say I say it looks kind of like a nerd with a, a too heavy backpack at school running to class because he's late because he just, he just like, <laughs> ducks his head. And he just goes into plays and just makes chaos happen, man. And that's kind of what you need in a linebacker is to have those instinctive plays and to know what's going to happen pre-snap and like, all right, that's where the ball's going and I'm going to get there no matter what. And that's kind of things that Connolly did. Um, so in the run game, like I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited for him to play. Um, like I said, I don't, you know, I don't have him as a starting linebacker going to the season, but when he's out there, exciting things will happen. And in the past game, you can like, uh, you can trust him out there. Uh, you know, there was times where they pit him on an island outside with running backs who ran like fast 40 times and he was able to stay with them step for step. So he's got good instincts in the past game. Um, so I don't know when he gets on the field, but when he does, it's going to be exciting. No, yeah. And he's got a great leader in Al Goldtree to teach us some of the stuff. But yeah, in my opinion, obviously, he is a much better, I feel like, covered tight ends than Al Goldtree. That's something Goldtree needed to prove on this offseason. We'll see how much it did. But back to his instincts, you're not, you're not the only one that sees that. Pat Shermer said he's in the right spot. He's got very good instincts. There, There's not a lot of false movement to his movement to his game. So the coaches are taking recognition to that. And as you said, maybe they're obviously giving Ogletree breaks, but still Ryan Connolly getting the first team snaps. That, that's a, a confidence booster to a rookie who that won't be seeing much playing time this year. Yes, he won't be starting, but getting first team reps, it's important to a guy like that to build up his confidence for when his time finally comes, he'll feel comfortable in that role. There's just also, there's a funny story during the spring uh, he, he was given the middle linebacker position and he went out there and the players were looking at him. There's just dead silence. And they're like, are you going to tell us the play? He's like, you guys don't know the play. 
And they said, no, you're, this is your job to tell us that. And then James Betcher's in his ear like, yo, my guy, I'm telling you to play right now. And he's, so <laughs> that, 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 that was an adjusting period because in college, everyone, there's like hand signals. It's, it's more not as complex now in the NFL. You're in the middle linebacker. You are the lifeblood of that defense. You tell them what to do, and they, they go and do it. You got to make sure everyone's in the right spot in front of you. So getting him the confidence now to build up for when his time finally comes will be huge and it will benefit the Giants and this Giants defense and Ryan Connolly in the long term, just knowing that he's ready and confident. That sounds scripted out of a high school football movie where it's like, get in, booby. And he comes <laughs> in and he's like, what's the play? We don't know how to play. And then the coach comes out and screams at him. And then he gets redemption like two games later. So maybe that's what will happen with Ryan Connolly. But yeah, we, you know, we talked about his instincts and that will be his way on the field because Tay Davis, uh, you know, I don't want to talk too much about Tay Davis, but that's what he lacked last year was the instinct. He had all the athleticism, but that's what we're looking for Tay Davis to improve on is the instinct. And if he doesn't, then Connolly's going to get himself onto this field because they're not going to be holding on to Tay Davis and B.J. Goodson for dear life. They'll, they'll let this guy get a shot if those two other guys aren't performing. He's not going to get in there over Ogletree, but he very well can move his way up uh, onto the depth chart to the second middle inside linebacker. If he if the other guys aren't performing and they want to give him a shot. No, yeah. Both uh, that was Davis. Last 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 thing I heard was no yeah, and then you broke up. And I just tried to interrupt you like a thousand times. All right, Danny, sorry. <laughs> All right, no yeah, and then All right, no yeah. Tay Davis, he is a undrafted free agent. The Giants wouldn't be afraid to give Ryan Connolly more playing time. And B.J. Goodson, yes, they like him, but Ryan Connolly, they're more a bigger fan of him. So they'll gladly give him the playing time over those two guys. So his role is going to be interesting this year, just see how they get him out there on the field because he's going to get playing time. Maybe that's in the special teams department, uh, giving Uncle Tree breaks every once in a while. So I'm intrigued to see how they use him at preseason. That's another thing. Obviously, he's going to be getting middle linebacker reps. They're not going to be playing Uncle Tree. I wouldn't want to see Uncle Tree out there until week three, or if you're going to use Uncle Tree in the first game, use him for like the first drive and take him out. So his, his role is going to be quite interesting to see this year. Because as a rookie, he's not going to get much playing time, especially with Alec Ogletree on the team. But they're going to have to use him because he has some potential there. And also, you know, I'm back on dry land. Why is this microphone working for me? It's twice now it's done that. I don't think it's your microphone. I think it's the skip, the skipe. That's why Skype sucks. Um, so don't, you know. And the thing is, is there's times where I probably break up and I just have no clue because I'm just talking into my ears. Um, and so, yeah. Oh, by the way, Danny, no, we're gonna, once we get big enough, I'm going to make a t-shirt that says, no, yeah, and just have a quote as Danny King. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Good one. Uh, so, yeah, and when you're drafting the fourth round, you were drafted to be a starter on this team for a few years. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, anything else on Connolly before we close this bad boy out? I got nothing else to add on Connolly. I got no more use for this guy. All right, we appreciate you guys listening. We will have a regular episode out tomorrow talking camp and previewing the first preseason game. That puts a smile on my face just to say that. And we're going to have our guy Rob from at Everything NYG on for a few minutes. So, man, we're having fun. If you guys are enjoying these, leave a rating review. Um, Every rating review will go uh, towards money for us to to sell out i don't know i don't i just started that sentence i'll be honest and i was like michael scott and i have no idea where it's going and it didn't finish well all right so we appreciate you guys listening we'll be back tomorrow until then folks let's go big blue 
The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.